Welcome to the Hollywood and Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. The hit cast offers a weekly look at Hollywood from a conservative point of view. Sick of media bias infecting Hollywood headlines? Tired of stars insulting your views? Hit has your back. Now, here's your host, Christian Toto. Welcome to episode 11 of the Hollywood and Toto podcast. This week's interview is with comedian Nick DiPaolo, one of the rare right-of-center voices in the comedy world. But before we get to Nick, I wanted to talk a little bit about Hollywood and free speech. You might think they go together like peas and carrots, as our friend Mr. Gump might say. Well, you'd be wrong. Look at all the fiery violence surrounding the Milo Yiannopoulos uh, appearance in Berkeley earlier this week. What did it draw from Hollywood? Well, mostly crickets. I mean, that's about it. I didn't see any tweets lambasting those people for shutting down free speech. I didn't see anyone sort of reaching out. If it, if it happened, I certainly missed it. I actually reached out to my Twitter followers and said, hey, if you've heard something like this, let me know. But I didn't get any responses. What I did see, though, is some messages from people like Deborah Messing and Judd Apatow that frankly turned my stomach. Deborah Messing was basically cheering on the rioters. And Judd Apatow, well, he put out a tweet, then he quickly revealed that he deleted it and said it was a bit too vague. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you're a comedy writer by trade and a pretty darn good one. You'd think you'd be able to kind of piece together a pretty coherent tweet on the subject. I guess he didn't. Now, I think what's interesting about this is the hypocrisy that's on display. And you just have to compare it to the last couple of weeks to see what really is, is on display here. Now, think back, oh, I guess about two or three weeks ago when Baron Trump was the target of a really mean-spirited joke by one of the SNL writers. What happened? Well, she was suspended indefinitely for it. And I think it's a good thing. Now, I don't like anyone getting fired for speech, especially for a bad joke, but that's the landscape we're in right now. And I think what she did was reprehensible, frankly. Making fun of a 10-year-old kid just because you don't like his daddy, that's just gross. But what happened is several people in the comedy world rallied to her side. Dan Harmon, who's a real kind of key player behind the scenes at some different TV shows, he offered her a job. Now, did all those voices speak out against uh, the, the free speech perf- uh, suppression that we saw just this week at Berkeley? I didn't see it. You know, this is just an ongoing issue with Hollywood. They say, oh, you know, we love free speech. We hate the blacklist. We have to kind of fight for our rights. They're being trampled on by this fascist Trump. At the same time, when there's actual fascism on display, I can't hear a peep out of them. It's ridiculous. They have to speak up. It's funny, about a year or so ago, I wrote a, something very similar at Hollywood and Toto saying, hey, Hollywood, speak up, support free speech or else. And frankly, since then, there hasn't been much to do in that arena. I, I don't see it changing, but I'd surely like to pay more attention to it. I think that they should be aware of it as well. And let's hope some enterprising reporters who get FaceTime with the George Clooney's of the world, maybe they kind of step in and say, hey, George, by the way, I know we're talking about your new movie, but what about free speech in America? What's going on here? Do you support what's what's happening with sort of the far left people? Do you condemn them? Is there something we should do? Why aren't more liberals kind of speaking up on their behalf and saying, hey, I don't like what Milo says, but he's got a right to say it. This is America. Even ugly speech gets its right. And that's what's really happening here. And it's just not seeing the big voices getting out in support for people like Milo. Again, you don't have to be on the same page with him, but free speech is free speech, period. And frankly, if they wanted to speak out, how about the Oscars? You know, I think it's going to be a bashing Trump-a-palooza. I don't think anyone could have expected anything different. 
How about sneak in a message about, hey, we don't like other people when they speak out sometimes, but you know what? They have a right to be heard. So we shall see. I don't expect that message to come out around the Oscar ceremony, but wouldn't it be nice if it did? By the way, before we go on, I want to have a quick reminder. The show notes to each podcast can be found at hollywoodintoto.com. To find them, just follow this formula, hollywoodintoto.com backslash Nick hyphen DePaulo. So whoever's the name of the guest on a particular show, just plug it into that formula and you get the show notes. And the show notes are sort of what happened on the show, uh, different links to different projects, things like that. Sort of whatever been, has been discussed on that particular program, you can find out more about it there. Now, here's the tip, the hit tip of the week. It's Bill Burr, Walk Your Way Out. His new Netflix special does what most stand-up specials do. Kind of gets weaker as it goes along. I, I think that it's almost the kind of the truth to many comic specials. Maybe a few of the great ones maintain that excellence all the way through. But most of them, I think, have kind of start out with a burst of inspiration. And they kind of peter out a bit. But that happens here. But you know what? The beginning is quite good. Now, if part of it is a lot of Trump is racist bashing. It just seems kind of obvious and a little bit tired for sure. But he also does uh, has a, sort of throws a few punches at Hillary Clinton, which offers some balance. But more importantly, he talks about political correctness and how, frankly, he looks at the issue of weight gain in Hollywood and elsewhere, pulling no punches. And, you know, you may not agree with everything he said, but boy, just to hear him say it in a refreshing, open, frank way, I found it almost remarkable. There's some funny stuff here. And Bill Burr is often that way, where he kind of hits both sides and he often says what's on his mind. And just take it for what it was, because once upon a time, that's what comedians did. You didn't have to agree with them. You could be outraged by them. But you know what? They're trying to make us laugh. They're pushing boundaries. They're making us think. And that's what the best comedian should do. So keep going, Bill Burr. I dig your special. Not the greatest, but certainly good enough. It's on Netflix right now for all to see. And now, here's a quick note from Hit's first sponsor. Pure Flix Entertainment presents I'm Not Ashamed. It's available now in digital HD, Blu-ray, combo pack, and DVD. It's based on the personal journals and true events of Rachel Joyce Scott. She was one of the teenagers who was killed in the Columbine High School shootings in 1999. Rachel grew up knowing Christ, but as a high school student, she struggled with questions, emotions, and all sort of the, sort of the things that teenagers often do as far as finding your purpose Confident that she was called to change people's lives, she adopted a personal mission statement to show compassion and start a chain reaction of kindness. Now, 17 years after her death, her story has been shared with millions across the globe thanks to the movie. You can pick up your copy today in stores or online at imnotashamedfilm.com. The Blu-ray and DVD bonus features include deleted scenes, music videos, interviews with the actors, Rachel's actual writings, and a message from Rachel's mom, who also served as an executive producer on the movie. Beth Nemo. All right, let's get to this week's interview. Nick DiPaolo describes his comedy as like sitting next to a guy at the bar and just shooting the breeze. But you know what? It is like that, except the guy next to you always has the right punchline for every occasion. You can currently see Nick in the Robert De Niro film, The Comedian, and his podcast is available in both free and paid versions. You can find out all you need to know about Nick at nickdipdip.com. Now, I have to say, I had a blast talking to Nick. He just doesn't hold back on anything. And, of course, the subject matter here gets a little blue. He drops an F-bomb, well, more than one time. So if you're sensitive to that, maybe just be aware. But otherwise, I really hope you enjoy my interview with Nick DiPaolo. Well, let's start with the the Nick DiPaolo podcast. I, I know you've done radio. You've done a podcast for a while now. But as a comedian, is this sort of a way to kind of workshop your material? Or do you kind of approach it in a really different kind of way? Yeah, I don't. 
use it for that at all. I uh, I treat it like a sort of. I try to treat it like a, a daily radio show. Mm-hmm. It's very topical, and um, you know they, they can hear it free on iTunes on Monday, and then they can subscribe, and they get two to three more shows a week. So I, I just it, it's very topical, but mm-hmm. it's funny. People still tell me because it sort of goes against what a podcast is about. Um, because you know people can listen at any time they want, and a lot of times they can't listen when you're doing it. And, um, but people tell me, you know, I'm always worried that they're going to listen to a show that's two weeks old, and because I base it on such topical stuff, it's not going to be that funny. Gotcha. But they, but I keep that in mind while I'm doing the show, and I, <laughs> I, um, and people say they don't care; they uh-huh. they, they laugh at it anyway. So <laughs> there you, you go. Can't, I try not to be too straight up, and I I do a lot of politics on the show, but I don't want to get preachy, and, and you know, mm. I talk politics like a guy sitting at the end of the bar would talk politics, you know? Gotcha. Uh, you know, I was just before our interview, I was listening to your latest show, and you said, talking about the, pot, the uh, protesters right now uh, against Trump, you guys ever work on the left? And I thought... Oh my God, that's a comment that no comedy podcast would actually include. And I'm kind of worrying, just given the your the way you lean and, and the way you approach comedy, yeah. is this helping your career? I mean, the fact that you, in a sense, have this niche essentially to yourself. I mean, you, you can count the number of really sort of professional, veteran, hardcore, established conservative comics on one hand. Do, do you find you're getting more gigs or getting – has it like changed your career at all? Conservative, you know? No, no, I know, but it's, I mean, you're a professional. You're you're entrenched. You're a veteran, and you lean that way, and yeah. that makes you, frankly, uh, is almost unique. Yeah, I, and I'm trying to find that niche, but uh, <laughs> apparently, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> um, it, you know, it all started back with a tough crowd back in like 2005 when uh, you know I used to just. You know, you know, you saw the show. Yeah. Uh, I just spewed my stuff, and, and me and Patrice O'Neill would speak really honestly. That's what that show was about, whether it was race or whatever. And all of a sudden, I get labeled this, like, right winger. And, and, and be, but that's because it's show business. Uh, if, if you're in, <coughs> excuse me, you're in this business, and you lean, you know, you lean right on two out of 20 issues that make you out to be some right wing nut. And I'm so tired of the, I keep getting called conservative, and that's fine. I mean, I guess, like you said, everything's relative. In this business, I really—I guess I would be considered a conservative. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's helped or it's hurt. I mean, mm. some people say, you know, any publicity is good publicity, even if it's negative or whatever. Um, so I don't know. Luckily, I have friends like uh, you know Louis C.K. and and, and uh, Amy Schumer and and other people who you know they, they know, the people who know me know I'm not this uh, whatever they make me out to be. But you know uh, the, the the people that the handful of people you talk about they they all came out of the closet you know once they had uh, ten million dollars in the bank or more. <laughs> I, I, I was too stupid. I, I was on Tough Crowd, getting, you know, four hundred dollars an episode, <laughs> now, and, <laughs> and I'm out there, you know, with my chest out and saying anything. And that's sort of how I want it. It's how I am in real life. Mm-hmm. And if, if they don't like it, and and lately, I, I mean, for the last few years, watching, especially like uh, 
just I, I, I don't even want to be a part of the business, you know. And, and you know, it's not like I'm even a C-list celebrity, so it doesn't. I, I, who knows? You know, I mean, um, if it hurts me or not. But you know, I mean, I saw some highlights of the SAG Awards or whatever, and everybody on their little soapbox. And I'm like, I, I would not want to hang with those people for a nanosecond. <laughs> they make me sick. So I guess you know. Um, it all yeah, works I, out. At this point, in my career, I don't give. A I just uh-huh. want to make. I just want to make a comfortable living, and and I love radio. I love broadcasting. I love the podcast. It gives me that freedom uh, to say stuff that I wouldn't be able to say on terrestrial or anywhere else. And I, I like it as much as stand up, to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, my, my days of chasing the sitcom or the movie career. Dead. Gotcha. I, you've been doing stand up for nearly thirty years. Is there something you can say? I've gotten much better over time. Or are there things where you still, you know, you still kind of feel a little bit rough around the edges? No, that's because there is no right, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I look at it. There is no uh, right and wrong. It's what you do. I I think I'm funnier now than I ever been. I mean, uh, because I've just been doing it so long and it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't phase me. I mean, you, you get really funny when you're a young comic and you're on stage every night. It, it becomes second nature and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I've been doing it so long, and I, I just like I feel like I have nothing to lose. So I'm really, you know, at this point, I, I say anything that comes into my head. I have well-crafted material if I need it, but I like to do a combination of both, you know. Yeah. And uh, but it's I gotta be honest with you, Chris. It's hard, man. After almost thirty years, you know, going back to Zanies in Chicago or wherever, and and having to do five shots. I, I really thought. And I think this might be the other that's happened. So I really thought I would be doing more theater work, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a handful of theaters a year, and it's like, oh, this is what I should, you know, this is what I should be, where I should be at, you know, one show on a Friday night, uh, you know, and and not at a comedy club, but um, whatever. I, things are starting to look up, though, you know, as far as uh, with the podcast and and the whole social media thing. Uh, thank God I have a wife who immersed herself in Facebook and, uh, you know, cause I don't have time for that marketing. You, you show me a comedian who's a good marketer. I'll show you a comedian <laughs> and, and, and vice versa. By uh-huh. way. So, um, but it's not, you know, I've done like three or four gigs in 2017 and they've all been like, you know, I've made bonus money and the places have been full. So good. maybe this is it, you know, and it, it doesn't hurt that Trump, uh, you know, that Trump <laughs> made such a splash, I guess. Yeah. You know, I wanted to mention Trump briefly, but as far as a, a target for comedy, I remember like in the late 90s, you know, all the sexual jokes around Bill Clinton were funny, and then they kind of got tired because it was kind of the same joke over and over. Do you think we're going to get there with Trump where all these comedians are hitting him, hitting him hard every night, late night? At some point, we get it. Trump is who he is. He's clownish. He's over the top. I almost feel like I'm burning out on it, and we've got we've got four more years of this. What's your take on yeah, so Trump as a target? Yeah, Trump hasn't even raped anybody, <laughs> unlike Clinton. So uh, at least allegedly, um, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, it takes no balls to go up in front of a uh, look. We're we're in, this is called show business. These comedy clubs, are, it's you know, I don't know if it's it's considered show business, but. You know, he's such an easy target. I, I, I think you're right. I think people, I already, matter of fact, this open micer, uh, he uh, actually wrote me uh, on my podcast uh, on the 
webpage. He wrote that, you know, I'm an open mic and all I'm hearing is, uh, you know, stupid Trump jokes and, and masturbation jokes or whatever. <laughs> and, and he said he was tired of it. So, yeah, I, I think that it, I think you're right. Um, you know, okay. it's an easy target. And I think young comics, it's a way to get there to get their left wing bona fides going. Hey, look at me attacking the Republican president. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so. Yeah, uh, you know, putting politics aside from a polit- from a comedic point of view, yeah. comedians should always mock the president. Bush, Carter, yeah. Ford, they should always mock. And yet for eight yeah. years, we got very little. And I'm excluding you from this category. But generally speaking, the late night, the, the usual suspects, w- what was your take on that? And, and did you ever rib some of your comedians? I know you have a lot of good comedian friends. Did you ever kind of take them aside and say, hey – can you tell it? Can you tell an Obama joke? Could could you push it? Because that you should treat him like everyone else. Yeah. Well, that's where they're hypocrites on the left. You know. Uh, I, I get when you say the late night people, you're talking about the TV shows, right? I mean, you know, the Colbert, the the um, Myers, the Samantha yeah. Bee. I mean, well, SNL. You know, like SNL, the classic lip thing to do is, you know, they go after Obama's. Uh, you know, whoa. He's too cool, or, you know, or whatever. They'll make they'll make uh, superficial jokes about the size of his ears or something, <laughs> and then they'll paint, you know, Trump out to be a Nazi, uh, or you know, oh look, we covered both sides. We know both, <laughs> both people. That's the old fucking trick. They've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. I think, but Jimmy Fallon seems to. I don't know. He seems to try to balance it. I, not, not that I watch that much of that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Well, I, I know you were a huge fan of Johnny Carson growing up, and I think he, I think Fallon is one of the late night shows who really does try, at least, to be more sort of balanced in his approach. I think so. I put on, <clears throat> I put on Seth and Myers, and I'm like, what the f- is the first ten minutes every night? I stop and I flip through it, and, and it's him. It's almost, it's you know, Daily Show only even more bias. Every the first ten minutes every night is like him on Trump. He does this thing called "Let's take take a closer look," <laughs> and you know NBC is as liberal as it gets. And it seems like somebody appointed him the Hatchet Man, and and he and and I, I I used to I met Seth a few times, and I'm sure he's a good guy. And shit, but I've talked about him and trashed him on my podcast because it's just so and half the shit isn't even true, and and you know it's just it take it's just. Fucking, I can't believe it. Like, I'll flip by if I'm awake, and I stop to see it, and every time it's a picture of Trump over his shoulder. <laughs> just, you know, just ripping Trump Trump for like 12 minutes. Um, just like a whole segment dedicated to it. Yeah. And uh, it, it, there's no, it's just really, it's not even close to, to making fun of, like you said, uh, both sides or whatever. It's just to me, it's so ballless. You know, it takes like zero. There's nothing edgy. Even when the Daily Show, I used to laugh. They used to call it edgy, and I'm like, really? And I like John Stewart personally. I, you know, I know him when I first started. I still great guy, but I used to get furious when it was labeled like edgy. You know, he's speaking truth to power, <laughs> really, by going after the Republican Party, which is like old white people. How that's fucking edgy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Telling a joke at the comedy cellar in front of a table of blacks or Dominicans about blacks and Dominicans, that's edgy. Yeah, or maybe at the SAG Awards saying something about <laughs> pro- saying something that, you know, I, that Trump guy, he's a right in my book. You know, exactly. 
That's edgy. Is, they, they get up there and they get all ballsy. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I just watched a few clips of, of, you know, those Sag and Ashton Kutcher and they're such f***ing children. <laughs> they are just childish to me. Do they not? Do they have short memories of what, what, what's been going on the last five years, ten years in this country? And, and I, I just don't get it. It's mm. so over the top. Oh, he's a Nazi and this is not American. Oh, yeah, that's who speaks for America. In Hollywood, the far left. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Trump won the election the last time I checked because he seems to have more of a grasp on what it means to be American. At least that's, and there, this is a, this, these are not our values. I just laugh my balls off. <laughs> they get up there on their soapboxes and it's like, oh, I do not want to. Luckily, I had such a shit career show business. I don't have to be around these people. And trust me, I say all this with the backdrop of knowing that you think Ashton Kutcher gives a f- or even knows who I am. Yeah. So, and also, uh, One guy who you guys have been pals with for years is Louis C.K. And you, you had this to say in an interview. You said, his politics are always polar opposite of mine, but we're mature enough and smart enough not to let it get in the way of our friendship. And I'm thinking, that's great and that's cool, but why can't more of us do that? Why, what, where do we get to the point in our culture where we, we can't be the, you know, the Nick DiPaolo's and Louis C.K.'s? Why can't we be like that? And it seems like that's the exception as opposed to the rule. Yeah, but it's not us. It, to me, it, it, it's the left. They're, they're at fault there. L- Louis a liberal, but Louis sees both sides of the argument, like the old definition of liberal. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. used to look at both sides and they would consider, you know, whatever. And, and that's what Louis does. He did it in his show. That first episode, he had me and him arguing about Obama. And he did it when I did his Horace and Pete show. He had me, you know, and he wrote the stuff. But he gave both viewpoints, and he doesn't disagree with everything, uh, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that, that the right says or whatever. But the rest of these f***ing millennial snowflake social justice warrior f***ing Obama is my God, they're just the most closed-minded, intolerant f***s I have ever, ever. And they're getting worse. All this sh- about about this executive order Trump just passed... Not to get too political, I don't know why, but but that's not about immigration. That's about hating Trump. That's all that's about. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what they're f-ing talking about. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, you, you kind of. You know, that's what liberals do. They don't judge other people's behavior. I mean, unless it's somebody like Trump. But uh, everybody should be allowed in here. There should be no borders. They live in this wet dream f-ing world where you don't judge anybody's behavior. Everybody should do what they do, and, and you know if it feels right, do it. That old mentality, and mm-hmm. it's just. It's not how the f***ing world works, man. I don't think. A few weeks ago, we had the inauguration, and, and artists who either threatened to do it or even considered it were, received death threats for it and, and were pillarized. Now, you've been in the industry for a while, and you're successful, and you you keep on working. Have you faced that kind of discrimination just for kind of cutting against the grain in comedy? By who? By people trying to hire you or not trying to hire you. You, you, you don't know. See, I could be and not know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, may, may, maybe this, you know, some some clubs out there who won't use me. They'll, they'll tell my agent a different excuse. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're already booked. Blah, 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 blah. You never know. They, they they don't do it, you know, overtly. Uh-huh. It's slimy, and and uh, you know, it's it's. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much work I don't get. You know what I mean? You, you don't know what you don't know. Is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Um, but you know, but I also get a lot of calls. 
because uh, you know I am who I am on stage, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and you know, be damn my career. I've, I've been very, lo- I've played it very loose and reckless my whole career. <laughs> and, uh, and look, if I didn't want to play it right, you know, loose and reckless, I would have become a banker or some shit. <laughs> I love the freedom of going you. Yeah, this might hurt my career, but it's how I feel. <laughs> I get to do that, you know, as a stand-up. Yeah. Uh, um. So whatever. Gotcha. If you were entering comedy today, or if even if you met a young guy or gal who's eighteen or nineteen and they want to do what you do, what what kind of advice would you give them? Well, what's the girl look like? <laughs> uh, is the boy a young computer? I, I, no, I just say, hey, be who you are. Uh-huh. Uh, but but this business, as you know, Christian, most people that uh, attracted to this business are kind of. Uh, liberal or you know mm. they supposedly you know they're the ones who were they call themselves the underdogs and then the people that were bullied as kids and that's who's attracted to this business um and and you know mm-hmm. i'm like well I, I you know it's like i don't i never bought that you, you should always be punching up that shit. yeah I, I never bought that it's like you know what I, I was pretty popular in high school i was an athlete Captain the football team. I'm everything they f***ing hate in this business. <laughs> I don't have that many close friends, you know. I, I get Colin Quinn and a few other Louis and a few others. Uh, you know, very smart people. And uh, But I, I, I've, I, you know, for the 20-something years I hung out at the Comedy Cellar, the guy I was closest to was the owner and his son mm-hmm. and, and Greg Giraldo and a few guys like that. But I, I don't feel at home in this business at all. I feel like when I go on audition, you know, the casting people always go, hey, this dick beat me up in gym class. <laughs> I sort of have that look or whatever. Um, and that's who's attracted to this business. So I would tell them, just be yourselves, because most likely they're going to be that type of person. Gotcha. And with Hollywood. But I, mm. you got to be yourself. What's the point? I mean, I mean, this is one of the few businesses where we, we can be ourselves and hopefully they find it funny, you know? Gotcha. Uh, before we let you go, I wanted, I always often um, ask our guests about the what they're watching these days, either TV shows, movies, maybe books they're reading, a, a new uh, album or CD they're checking out. Anything you're listening to now or checking out that you like you can recommend? Well, I just read a great book that came out 10 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, that I'm sure a lot of people have already read, but it's called the the truth about the Bilderberg Group. Hmm. Okay, I haven't heard that. By Dan, Daniel Estulin, E S T U L I N, I believe it is. And you know, you, you know this theory about the um, you know the Illuminati. Uh, yes. You know, yeah. Thirty people running the world. Well, this book proves it's true. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever going to fucking vote again. <laughs> I, I really, seriously, that's, I just read that. I just got back from vacation. Uh-huh. I couldn't put it down. And I, I didn't pick it up. It was sitting on my dresser for years because I didn't really want to know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, like, depressing and, and uh, whatever. Uh, so I just read that. I don't watch any, like, I, I haven't been to, I can't watch, movie, I can't watch anything that comes out of Hollywood because I can't sit there and watch white, straight males being, like an emasculated, whether it's commercials, sitcoms, movies. It's I, I've been howling about this for twenty years. I, I just can't. The transgender thing, I understand. You know, I, I actually have a relative who's transgender, and, and it seems like a tough thing. I really wouldn't wish it on anybody. But they make up. What do they make up? What percent of the population? Point oh Less oh something. 1%? Yeah. So why do they make up fifty-eight, 98% percent of the episodes of, of Chopped? On the <laughs> I can, can I put 
Without a chop, without a chick, with a f***ing crew cut, <laughs> having rings in her nose, cutting a f***ing cucumber with a tattoo of a devil on her hand. <laughs> what are you going to do with the $10,000? Oh, I'm going to get my uncle a pair of t- my <laughs> It's f***ing, it's like every episode. F-ing, it's the whole Food Network thing. I, I f***ing love it. I, I got to write this bit. <laughs> It's like, you talk about forcing it down people's throats. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I can't, I haven't gone to movies in years. I, I just, I, I, I can't help it. I, I, I can't suspend my disbelief and I can't watch, uh, you know, f-ing Angelina Jolie beat up four <laughs> seals. I can't, f-ing, I just, I sit there, you gotta be me. Oh, here comes the bad white guy. And then this is a black scientist and, and. It's just, and they, they don't leave it alone in, in the feminist movement. They, if I hear the term strong woman one more time, I'm going to sh** blood. I swear to God. <laughs> this is the sh** that gets me. I'm more about culture than politics. You know? uh-huh. I just, uh, you know, if I see one more commercial for a home alarm company with his three white guys breaking in. <laughs> I, I, you know, that type of... <laughs> and, but see, now this I'm saying, I don't know. I, I've, been, I've been saying it for years, and, you know, maybe this is a new generation that might find it offensive, but tough. I can't. I really don't. I, I, I haven't. Big Bang Theory? How the f*** did that become number one for a decade? <laughs> I, I, I don't f***ing get it. I watched four minutes of it. I go, are you shitting me? It's the last sitcom standing. They really don't make them anymore, so that's part of yeah, it. Yeah, and that's a good thing, because the people are f***ing clueless to make them. <laughs> <laughs> People always go, Nick, are you on a sitcom wife so I can get notes from some fucking middle-aged housewife who works at Fox? And, oh, that was a little rough around the end. That was a little off-color. Yeah, that's what makes it funny. <laughs> I can't fucking... And this is what my podcast sounds like. If you guys, if, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, this has been like kind of a straight interview, but <laughs> if, if you like this, go to connectpal.com slash Nick connectpal.com slash Nick. You can subscribe. Like I said, it's free on iTunes on Monday. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, yeah, th- this is the stuff I rail on. Uh-huh. Uh, I-, I love what Trump's doing. I f***ing love what he's doing. And I- 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 this overreaction. And again, it's because they hate him. Mm-hmm. They- Did you see Chuck Schumer crying? Yeah. Press conference? <laughs> he f***ing looks over his glasses to make sure the cameras are on him. <laughs> And then somebody pulls a nose hair out and makes his eyes water, like the old Burt Reynolds trick. <laughs> I mean, what a f***ing ass. People are lopping our heads off. They want to sneak in and kill us. And that's our strong leadership, Chuck Schumer, mm-hmm. crying. And f***ing God bless Trump. And then Trump mocks him about it. I know. How, how can people find that refreshing? In our business especially, in this business, a liberal arts business, with creativity, the best way to... The best way to stifle creativity is groupthink. And that's all Hollywood's into is groupthink. So uh, I, I'm not f***ing getting it, you yeah. know? Well, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you want much more of this, check out Nick's podcast. It's good stuff. I've been following you for years, Nick. Any other place where people can follow you, social media, your website, yeah, nickdip.com? I'm getting yelled at, but my wife's like, you got to f***ing plug your Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, at Nick DiPaolo on Twitter, and at Nick DiPaolo Facebook and Instagram. All those. I'm on all that shit. I hate every minute of it. <laughs> I, 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 although the tweets have been good lately. I've had a few home runs in there. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm on all that stuff. Uh, NickDip.com is where they can get my tour dates. And they can explain how to subscribe to the podcast. But if you go to ConnectPal.com slash Nick, 
you can sign up. Again, listen to it for free on iTunes on Monday. And it's an hour of me ranting, and, 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 and I play a lot of sound clips, and, and it, people are digging it. It grew way faster than I expected, you know? Excellent. Oh, it's deservedly so. I guess so. I do more of this stuff, Christian. That's <laughs> no, plug it seriously. Uh, All right. Stuff like this helps, you know? Cool. So. Well, I'll have all this on the show notes as well, and we'll have your next month full of uh, updates, so we'll have it all there. I appreciate it, Chris. Sure. All right. Nick, take care of yourself. Good to speak to you, and I hope we can chat again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out HollywoodandToto.com for both the show notes and, of course, the latest entertainment news. Please follow me at Twitter at HollywoodandToto. And we'd love it if you leave a podcast review over at iTunes. See you next week. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.